Hello, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. Let's get into the Word together, and then stay tuned to the end of this broadcast, and I'll be back at the end. And what that gives way to is, is understanding the value. See, this is the big problem here. When somebody hears the Word and it just falls on solid ground, it's like standing and throwing seed at somebody's forehead. <laughs> What's happening? It just hits them and bounces right off. It's not sinking in. If they don't understand the value of it, let me ask you like this. What happens to valuable things that are left unprotected? They get stolen. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Can he just steal any word from you? No. The only word Satan's able to steal is the word you didn't value. Keep them in. Keep my words, he said, in your eyes, in your ears. Keep them in the midst of your heart. How do you keep them in? The key is understanding. If you go back and look at what Jesus said in that verse that didn't make sense before, and just add this one word to it, see if it helps you. Verse 12, Matthew 13, 12 says, for whoever has, has what? Understanding. Whoever has understanding to him, more will be given. Whoever knows the meaning of it, whoever understands the nature of it, whoever understands the value of it, that's how they get more of it. Whoever has understanding to him, more will be given. He'll have in abundance, but whoever does not have, doesn't have what? Understanding. Whoever does not have a value for the word they've heard. Whoever doesn't appreciate it is at risk of losing it. Whoever doesn't value the word as not just a word from men, but a word from God, it'll be stolen from him. How do we keep the word we've been given? We got to guard the heart. If there's something precious and something valuable in there, it needs to be guarded. That's why you can't stroll into Fort Knox this afternoon and take whatever you want. There's guards because there's some valuable stuff in there. That's why they put guards out to keep you out and the stuff in. You need a guard. If, if what you've been given is actually the word of God, God's own thoughts, a revelation of his will and an understanding of his power, if that's actually what it is, it's valuable. And valuable things left unprotected get stolen. What happens when you leave a box of gold in the front yard overnight? Huh? Honey, have you seen my gold? What'd you do with it? I don't know. I think I left it in the yard. Let me help you. It's not there anymore. But you think, who would do that? Who would do something so foolish? We're doing it all the time. We're hearing the word, the life-changing word, the life-altering, the course-setting and directing word of God. And just by simply failing to put the value on it that it deserves. We leave it unprotected and Satan comes along and says, I'll take that. And it's like you never heard it. 
this word that has the ability to produce and reproduce all this life. And it's like you never heard it. Just simply failing to value it, failing to appreciate it. Anyone, verse 19, hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, or you could say he doesn't value it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Let me give you an example of this in the few minutes that we have here. Go to Mark chapter 6. Honoring the word is paramount to guarding your heart. This is how we keep what we've been given. And this is how we keep Satan from stealing it from us. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus shows up in his own hometown. And in verse 1, it says, He went out of there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now notice this in verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? Notice verse 3. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, or you could say not without value, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled, Jesus marveled at what? their unbelief and he went about the other villages in a circuit teaching. He marveled at their unbelief. Now to understand the severity of what just happened in his own hometown, you got to back up, but not very far. I'm, I'm telling you within like 24 to 48 hours before this, if you will understand what's going on in the life and ministry of Jesus leading up to this, it's powerful. I mean, even if you go back to even Mark chapter two, Mark chapter three, there, there was a, a day on the Sabbath where Jesus was uh, ministering uh, to, to sick people and the religious people were trying to see if he was going to heal on the Sabbath. And there was a man there with a withered hand and, and Jesus asked the religious people, he said, is it right? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And the Bible says they kept silent and Jesus looked around at them. And the Bible says that Jesus was angry at the hardness of their heart. Hard ground, hard heart. This made him angry. We'll have to talk more about that next week, I believe, but this made him angry. But then he says to this man, stretch forth your hand. And the man responded and his hand was healed. And right around in that same time was when they lowered that man through the roof who was paralyzed and Jesus forgave his sins and that ticked them all off. And then he told him to rise and walk and that made it worse. And then just in the day or so leading up to this, Jesus tells his, actually, Mark chapter four, Jesus preaches the parable of the sower. And then when he's done preaching that, 
he gets on a boat with his disciples and says, let's go to the other side. And while they're on the way over there, this storm raises up, just, just comes on them in the middle of the sea. And they wake Jesus up screaming, we're all going to die. We're going to die. You don't care. We're going to die. And he gets up, rebukes the wind and the waves, says, peace, be still. Everything shuts up. They're scared out of their mind. Next thing you know, they're at the other side. The disciples are probably kissing the ground, thanking God to even be alive. And in the middle of all that, this crazy naked guy comes running at him from the tomb, screaming. And Jesus, these disciples are like, what is going on? What happened to this day? It started so normal. And Jesus cast the demon out of this guy. Next thing you know, he's clothed and in his right mind. And Jesus says, we're going back to the other side. The disciples are going, we just got here. I'm never getting on a boat again. I almost died. He said, shut up, let's go. So they get in the boat. They go back to the other side. As soon as they show up there, this is all the same day. There's a crowd there and Jairus, this ruler, this leader of the synagogue comes running up to him, falls at his feet crying out, my little daughter lies at the point of death, but if you come lay your hands on her, she will live. Jesus goes with him, making his way through this crowd. In the middle of this, somebody grabs a hold of him. He goes, who touched me? Disciples said, uh, everybody. And he said, no, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me in faith and power went out of me. And he turned around to see her who had done this thing. And it was this woman who had been with an issue of blood for 12 years, spent everything she had, was nothing better, but grew worse. She's telling him everything that's happened. Jairus is going, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. In the middle of all this, somebody from Jairus' house shows up and says, don't trouble him anymore. She's dead. Jesus whirls around, grabs Jairus by the lapels of that expensive jacket, pulls him in and says, do not be afraid, only believe, turns right around, walks up to Jairus' house, kicks out everybody who's screaming and crying and wailing, shuts the door on them, says to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she gets up. This is all the same day. (laughs) Same day. Notice this. Do you see the progression of the power? What started as preaching of the word The word made flesh. Jesus, the word was preaching the word and he was preaching the parable of the word. So the word was preaching the word and the subject of the word he was preaching was the word. I mean, if faith was ever going to come, it was going to be that day. And it started with the preaching of the word and it snowballed into the delivering of this man, casting the devil out of him. And then it, it, grew from that into setting this woman free. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. And it snowballed out of that into the raising of the dead. There's momentum beginning to build in his life, in his ministry. And he goes right from there. The very next thing he goes into his own hometown. And we know what he preached. If you couple it with other accounts, he stood up in his own hometown and said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to preach, uh, uh, the, to the bring healing to the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed. He's preaching what they've been seeing. And now all of a sudden he stands up at home and they go, we know you. We know you. This is, that's, that's the, what's his name? From the carpenter. Jesus. Yeah, we know you. Anointed. Give me a break. 
break it down. Your sisters are here, your brothers. We're just talking about anointed. Who is this guy? Come on, give me a break. It says they were offended. And in response to that, the Bible said, Jesus could there do no mighty work. So all this momentum, this power that's been increasing and increasing and increasing comes to a screeching halt because of familiarity. Because there was no honor. Because they didn't value the word. They could not see past the flesh. We know you. Now notice what they said. We know where you're from. You're from down the street. Your house is around the corner. We we know your family. We know where you're from. They failed to understand where he was really from. They failed to understand the meaning of what he was saying, the origin of where it was coming from. And because of that, there was no value for it. And it wasn't as though Jesus said, oh, you're not going to respect me? Fine. No miracles for you. (laughs) It didn't say that his, his will was cut short or it didn't say that he, he was trying to prove a point. It said he couldn't do it. The word was falling on hard ground. The word was falling on hard hearts and they're going, what are you talking about? We know you. We're family. You can't be anointed. I'm related to you. What's that have to do with it? Everybody's related to somebody. But this familiarity, it's a failing to value the word because you're so familiar. You're so casual with it. You're going to notice something about this church. We are not striving in an effort to see how casual we can be. And you start talking in those terms and immediately everybody starts talking about, thinking about clothes. Oh, is this a dressy church? Is it a jeans and t-shirt church? Stop it, stop it, stop it. Heart, heart. We're not motivated by how casual we can be with the things of God. As I was praying about this, This thought came to me. This is actually one of the big reasons marriages are failing. People think they're falling out of love. But really all that's happened is you've gotten so familiar that you fail to value what once was precious to you. And what you fail to appreciate, you are at risk of losing. Satan comes to steal whatever you don't find valuable. So whether you're talking about each other or God himself, you protect what's valuable to you. You protect it. David said it like this, God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. 
One translation says early. If you look it up, it literally means seriously. You know what David said? I'm not playing games. I'm not playing games with you, God. I'm seeking you seriously. I am a serious seeker, not a casual congregant. I'm a serious seeker. What you value, you'll protect. Thank you, Lord. Musicians, you guys begin to come. Seraph, the Lord's got something for you to say. I want you to say it. This is how we keep Satan from stealing the word in our lives. You will keep what you heard today if you'll value what you heard today. How do we value the word? We give it place. One of the things we're discovering as pastors is place cannot be taken until it's first been given. I cannot take my place as a pastor in somebody's life. I can't take a place that they don't give. The word of God can't take a place in your life that you don't give it. Did you hear what Sarah read to us earlier today? Pay more earnest heed unless these things slip away, unless they get taken from us. How do we value the word? We give it place. We give it place. We honor it by giving it place in our life. We give his word place above any other word. How do we honor the word? We mix faith with it. The same willingness to God, or the same willingness of God to heal was present in Jesus' hometown the same way it was at Jairus' house, the same way it was in the streets when that woman touched his garment, the same way it was in Decapolis when that crazy man got set free. The same willingness of God was present to heal in Jesus' hometown, but his ability was cut short because they failed to mix faith with the word they heard. Just too casual with it just too casual with it. And this is where society is pushing you and pushing me, pushing us towards casual, casual in everything, casual in our relationships. I'm not looking for something serious, just something casual. That's not what God's looking for. He's not looking for somebody playing games. And that, if we're not watchful, spills over into how we approach him, how we approach his word, and how we approach his things, including church, including coming together to hear the word. Just you being here this morning. You know what that says? I value this. I value this. And if you value this, it won't be stolen from you. It's protected. It's kept safe because it actually sunk in. And if you mix faith with what you heard, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, talking about the children of Israel, man, they had the gospel preached to them, but it didn't profit them anything because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So here you have all this good word, right? It's like a, like a chemical compound, something that in itself isn't producing anything. But then you got this other thing that really by itself, it's not producing anything, but some things, when you combine them, you will blow the roof off the lab. Some of you have testimonies from high school to prove it. You combine things that become explosive when you put them together. That's what happens with the word of God. It's only life 
to those that find them. It's only health to the flesh of those who will mix faith with it. How do you mix faith with it? You hear it and you go, that's my word. That's mine. I believe that. Well, it doesn't look like it. Shut up. I don't care. I believe it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I believe that word and I will believe that word and I'll keep believing that word. And you can't talk me out of that word. That's my word. And while the while your head's like, what, 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 what? I don't see it. I don't feel it. But your heart's going, yes, we've got it. That's our answer. It's sinking in. You're beginning to understand it and comprehend it and it'll work. It'll work. Can you see now why it's so important we guard our heart? Because there's precious stuff in there. There are valuable things in there. I can give you a thousand and one reasons that you need to guard your heart. But one of the chiefest of all is this is where you hear from him. This is where he speaks to you. This is where you get direction. This is where you get correction and leadership and guidance. It comes out of here. This is why this has to be clean and it's got to be clear. And why you and I have to guard against familiarity, becoming so familiar with the things of God. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, we heard that. I mean, I know I'm going long. Just give me this last second. What if you're dealing with something and man, it's life threatening and some God wakes up somebody in your family, this church family, cross town, wakes them up in the middle of the night and starts talking to them about you and what you're dealing with and gives them the answer from his word and says, now go tell them, go tell them. And man, maybe that person sweat BBs all night long going, I can't do that. I'm not a preacher, but somehow God got enough courage in them to come find you and say, this is what the Lord said. I got a word for you. And he said, by his stripes, you were healed. And you look back and go, I know. Yeah, I heard it. I've heard that. Man, how long you been saved? I've been saved since you were in diapers. I've been hearing that verse all my, yeah, I know that, but I've heard that, but now you see it, but you don't see anything. You're hearing it, but you're not hearing anything. It's a failure to value it. And people will act like that and just be so casual with it and be so familiar with it. And it will be the very reason the word fails to produce anything in their lives. But the word you honor and the word you value is the word you will keep and it's the word that will work. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.